This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And the only way you can do that by staying up to date on the tools, tips, and tricks that we have mm. for you as insurance producers. The old today, triple T's. Triple T, man. <laughs> It'll get you every yeah, time. Alliteration is my friend. <laughs> I try and do it as much as possible. And I will now do it repeatedly throughout this perfectly prepared podcast as we go on through the afternoon. <laughs> so that being said, we have got a great guest. It's a second time back for... Mr. Trace Meek. And we're going to talk about three predominant things today. First, I want to have him give us some updates on the product that we know about. And it makes us think about tennis balls because that's what this guy has a couch built out of (laughs) at every trade show. And that is Fetch. And that's the product he released a couple of years ago that has been doing good things for agents all over the state of Florida. And we'll talk about where you've geographically expanded to as part of that. Want to talk about a resource that Trace puts out called the Insurance Daily News that is um, a great place for you to go at one one stop and see everything that's dumping in that will keep it from polluting your inbox, honestly. And then we're going to talk about a new product that he is getting ready to beta called Ask Fetch. And if you stick around till the end, we're going to teach you how you can get in that beta at no cost to you to see just how much this product is going to be able to help you. And I know you're going to be excited about it when you hear it. We talked about it a little bit before I hit that record button. So before we get off to the races too far, Trace, why don't you just give them the quick background? You know, you've been on the show before, but we've gained a lot of listeners since then. Let them know who you are, how you got involved in the insurance industry. And then let's just roll right in and talk about Fetch and and what's happened there since the last time you were on. And I would just say, Give them the background as to what it is, because many people may not even know yet. For sure, David. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. I guess I'm your fourth T, Trace, right? Oh, yeah, triple absolutely. T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The old quad T's. The quad T. Totally titillating talking to you, Trace. So. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, so I started Fetch about four years ago. Um, it's actually pretty close to the day. It was uh, March 22nd, 2019. 
I was walking around <sighs> and I tripped on a pipe and broke my fifth metaparsal in my foot. Mm. And I was laying on the couch the next morning and I say to my wife, can you get me a beer? And she's like, it's 9 a.m. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm not going to be walking. drink all day if you don't start in the morning. <laughs> but if I had a broken foot, I was miserable, right? I'm a guy that likes to move it and shake it, right? I like, I like doing stuff and getting around. And I was working on, I was training for a uh, master swimming and I had a lot going on. And man, when something in your life happens like that, man, things change, right? You, you start to shift your mindset. And, and that's what happened to me. I, I was I got pretty depressed about it. Um, and, and part of pulling out of that depression was I, I came up with this idea of fetch and I was frustrated in my office because first of all, we already live in a very dinosaur esque industry and it's very hard to, to maintain some of these technologies out there. And one of the things was underwriting, right? Maintaining those underwriting guidelines. And, you know, it's 2019, right? And on all my agents' desks are these three ring binders of all the underwriting guidelines. And it's all this shouting back and forth, you know, who will who will write a 12-year-old roof with a pit bull and a in <laughs> Pinellas County at five hundred thousand dollars, all this back and forth, back and forth. And that was so frustrating to me. And, and that's something I wanted to fix. And I looked out there to see what I could do. And of course, there's always like, oh, we can save the PDFs online and do control F or uh, we can start to build our own Excel spreadsheets. Well, what a lot of time and energy that is to waste when you're not revenue generating, right? That's what we got to be doing. Always got to be working on those revenue generating things. So anyway, so I created Fetch and what Fetch is, and it predominantly is in Florida because we have so many carriers, a lot of left since the last time I was on here, Dave, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, but we we built a system that we manage all that data for you. So in like literally less than 30 seconds, you're able to go inside of Fetch, put an address, pull some, it actually pulls information off the internet now, drops it in and then lets you choose some filters. And so it can reduce anywhere from 50 to 60 policy types down to just five or six in just 30 to 60 seconds uh, and really give you that drill down of who, what carriers would possibly write your risk. So that was, I mean, it was the short, long version. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and the thing is in Florida, that's all changed quite a bit because what do we have like three carriers left? I mean, it's all of a I, sudden I, it's like, who writes in Florida? Everything, everything comes back as citizens. I mean, I don't, it's just, it's crazy, man. How have you navigated all the changes? I mean, I, you still have the luscious locks of hair, you know, yeah. so I know you're not pulling it out, but it's gotta be crazy for you. It, it's not as complicated as you think the, once you build a database, which that was the hard part for us, that took like a year or two to really build a foundation. And so now when the carriers go to make a change, we can simply change it on our back end and make it so easy for the user on the front end to be able to experience it. And they don't even have to worry about maintaining that knowledge anymore because we we do that for them. Uh, so, hmm. And there's actually a lot of carriers out there. It's it's quite surprising. They just don't want a 20-year-old shingle roof, right? If a lot of these homes are coming across are, are probably not great risks anyway. Uh, but if it's a pretty you didn't good have risk, to personally attack me, dude. <laughs> I, per I personally attacked you. <laughs> my roof, my roof is twenty year old shingle. I got to get that bad boy replaced asap. So people can. So the way I'm understanding it is like they can jump in there and say, you know, who writes a DP three in Hernando County or something like that, and it'll pull up carriers that have an appetite for that. That's correct. Okay. Cool. Or even right. more specific, like a DP3 or, or a whatever. Right. You can narrow it down by the filters. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. 
Yeah, there's like 20 filters. So it's like dog breeds, solar panels, water slides, trampolines, trampolines. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, all the different types of roofs, flat, uh, shingle, tile, age, age of roofs, counties, um, dwelling A, right? You know, some of those big items that people want to know. So this is kind of might be the same question that you just asked, David, but maybe drilling down more. So when stuff changes like that, in terms of underwriting guidelines from a carrier, how does it update within Fetch? So we either get the guideline directly from the carrier Uh or from other agents, they submit it. And then we go into the system and we cross-reference the data on their sheet or their email. You know, sometimes the carriers just send out an email and we go in the back end and update it. And in seconds, it's on the fly, ready to go. So- Got it. Cool. So, yeah. So talk a little bit about like what's changed in Fetch itself. Anything like outside of the fact that the marketplace is ever changing? Any difference in features, benefits, all of that? For sure. It's always getting better. So now when you go to choose the filters, you know, carriers don't always say yes or no. They use that word maybe, right? You know, maybe we'll write it. So we were able to create a maybe feature. So now if you choose the filter, it'll actually give you the note and give you the additional information for each one. So if it says, they might not say no or yes, we'll write a solar panel, but maybe based on these things. So we give you that additional information. So it helps it just kind of drill down even better. Two, uh, we've, we've taken on a new partner called American Integrity, and they have actually given us their API. So now we can actually quote... HO3, DP3, and DP1 with them in less than six questions. We have we have really hmm. dialed it down. So first name, last name, date of birth, uh, roof shape, and you're ready to go. And it'll populate and give you back all three quotes. And the, the cool part about American Integrity is they actually have that DP3 program that's Integrity Select. So they might not write it on their HO3, but they'll sure write on their DP3. So it, it, there's some there's some cool stuff out there. So and we're hoping we're talking to a couple other carriers. We didn't want to be a full fledged rater. Uh, we just wanted to be kind of more of an estimator because we don't think that any of the raters really dial it in to the penny. The carriers dial into the penny on their site. So we just want to try to get the agents some ideas on on the premiums. So that's one of our new big features that we just launched. And we're just about to hit a half a million filter searches. Wow. And yeah, so people are in there using it every day. It's it's busy. Nice. Geographically, what's your spread with it now? You mean where where the system works? Mm-hmm. Mainly just Florida. Mainly just Florida. So you're still heavy in Florida. I mean, are you looking to expand outside Florida or? 100%. We love to do that. And that's part of how uh, we'll talk about later why Ask Fetch kind of came came to fruition. Cool. Cool. So, anything else we need to talk about with with the mothership fetch before we move on? <laughs> no, it's just uh, it's just become such a cool thing to see all these people and to save them so much time because that's what we need to do, right? We don't need to be wasting our time. And and like you said, you think there's only three carriers or citizens only. Some agents are using this just to make sure they don't have to send it to citizens because they don't want to send it to citizens if they right. don't have no, to. Right? No, absolutely. A- well, and I mean, I think it's. It's interesting, man, because even with the legislation that just passed here with it, you know, regarding all the changes that, that DeSantis proposed, you're already like within the last two weeks, I've seen emails come through with carriers that are starting to explore coming to Florida, opening up, you know, capacity shifting around a little bit. Some people who 
weren't giving property capacity or now like offering some limited property. So it's not like everybody's completely pulling out. And I'm specifically talking more on the commercial side than anything else, but I have seen activity um, in terms of of new players in the marketplace on the personal side, because that stuff hits my email. And if I don't see it there, I see it on, um, on Facebook, Todd Tomlinson in that um, IAOA Florida group posts stuff all the time, man. And very good resource. In fact, if you're an agency owner and you, I specify owner and you're not in um, IAOA Florida, I would go in there. It's a pretty active group and everybody does a reasonably good job of updating on markets and that kind of stuff. They do for sure. Yeah. They, 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 they're on top of it. Absolutely. So talk a little bit about insurance daily news um, and, and what that resource does and why it's important. So again, another problem I had was trying to maintain the news of insurance, right? There are so many emails, so many different news outlets. I mean, how many tens? Of, I mean, you got a stack of magazines in your office, I'm sure, of all the industry stuff. And I, I just wanted a way to funnel that into one location, so I built what was called Insurance Daily News. And what it is, is it just ports in. We have over 100,000 insurance articles now and over 3,500 podcasts in the system. Uh, you can hmm. search it. You can look for things. It, it, it kind of got big during COVID because we had like the COVID articles of insurance and all that got. So there's a search capability. So you can go in there and you can search. And it's every, every possible insurance website uh, that I could get my hands on that has some good stuff. Insurance Journal. Uh, independent agent, I get coverage. Uh, you know, there's all these different ones, so it kind of funnels it in there, and then it'll send you an email every week or every day based on the top ten articles that were read, and then every week for the top ten for the week. So it's some pretty cool stuff. It really, I, I think, really helps agents be able to go to one place to be able to look up articles if they're looking for something. Yeah, I agree, man. Like if they could just go get their coffee and go there for the first 30, 45 minutes of their day, they'd get it all in one spot. So if you're not checking out insurance daily news, by all means, do it. It's nice because it just has a little headline. Sometimes you just want the headline information, right? It's just guys nice to read through and see what see what's well, hot. You know, there. honestly, man, and this is a tip I would give to any producer out there. If you're not if you're not subscribed to the business journal in your city, you should be because that's where a lot of information is put out early. Um, whether it be, you know, seed stage investments or venture investments in companies or executive changes or whatever else. And certainly you know, if you're going to, if you're on LinkedIn premium using sales navigator the right way, you're going to get notifications of executives in the news and all of that stuff. But um, I really like the business journal for a couple of reasons. Number one, I get a daily, like every morning, it's like right before I'm ready to have my cup of coffee and breakfast before I leave to come to the office, I get the update and it might have, I don't know, anywhere between 10 and 20 headlines that are in that email. So I can glance through it and see the things that interest me or the things that I think would be good for me to pay attention to just from a prospecting standpoint, if nothing else. And if I want to drill down on it, I can, I can click in the email and it'll take me to the full article to read it. The other thing is though, you know, I still get the paper version too. I want them to send that to me because I can use the articles in that paper version to create pretty cool stuff that I can send to a prospect to sort of commemorate them being in the business journal or, you know, take it and even just cut the article itself out, put it in a handwritten note and say, Hey, look, I saw this in there. 
Not sure if you even get the business journal or not. I'm sure they gave you something way more professional, just wanted you to have it in case you didn't have it. But the other one that I, the, the thing I really like about the business journal is every single year they give you, oh, excuse me, yawning, man, no reason for it. They give you the book of lists of like the, the fast 50 or the top 50 of whatever business segment. And that's also a really good place to prospect from. You know, I specifically like the fast 50 because, you know, those are still most cases like newer, middle market stuff. Yeah, more agile. They're yeah. they may be middle market, but not well, they're working wide. their way towards yeah, it. Yeah, they're working so, towards it. Yeah, they're not getting as much, you know, they're not having as many people reaching yeah. out to them, I feel. But um, you know, every single year since I've been in business, I've done this. I'll never stop doing it. I write a handwritten thank you or handwritten note of congratulations to everybody that makes the fast 50 in the Tampa Bay Business Journal. And it's just, hey, congrats on making the fast 50. Look forward to joining you real real soon. Sign it, put my card in, send it off. That's it. I don't ask them for anything other than that. You know, and if you've read my book, people, then you know that I have metal business cards. So when I stick one of those in there, I'm investing a little bit of money to do that because they're not cheap to have those cards. But I also know that those people aren't going to throw that away. Most of the time, they're not, you know, going to throw that stainless steel card away and it's sitting on their desk when I go in to meet with them. And so, you know, I use the business journal that way too. And then the, the last thing is that I tell everybody, this is like, a, this is like a super ninja trick that I learned from the lady that was our, we called her business development manager, but she was just a telemarketer on steroids. She was so good. I mean, telemarketer doesn't do her justice. I don't think business development does her justice either, but she would file them and she would file them by date and make a note in her system and then create a task to remind her. But instead of sending a congratulations note or doing something with a, the, the article that was published about a company right when it happened, she would wait like a few months until the buzz died down. And then she would have the task hit. It would remind her. She'd go into her file. She'd pull it out, and then she would she would send it out, congratulating them, or or give it to the producer, which was really cool, man. Because anytime she booked an appointment for me, she would had she had a Manila folder. This lady had been calling for twenty or thirty years, and she put everything she had on that prospect in that folder. It was like a freaking dossier when I got to my desk, and I always was pumped. Because I when when Marlene would set an appointment for me, because when I'd come into work, there'd be two or three folders sitting on my keyboard. And I knew I knew I had a realistic shot of closing business, man. Like the leads that she had were not garbage; they were legit, high intent leads. So, you know, all that to say, you know, if you don't if you don't have a daily routine, that's why again I'm bringing this up. This insurance daily news thing is a good deal because it's got everything in one place. If you don't have a daily routine where you're going to someplace to get caught up on what's going on in your community, in the business community, and also in your industry, you're you're mm -hmm. behind, right? You're behind. That has to be something habitual. It has to be something that people do on a daily basis so that they're staying up to speed with that. Conti it's continuing in, but yeah, like for prospecting. Exactly. exactly. I want to pipe in, Dave. There, there's nothing like the lost, you know, the lost art of writing a letter. I mean, who gets a handwritten letter anymore? Well, I'm going to tell you what, man. And you're you're into technology. We had a guy that came on yeah. the podcast from Simply Noted, 
and it's an a it's a robotic handwritten note company. Mm-hmm. Um, now they have the ability to recreate your own handwriting. At the end of the day, I don't know that I want them to do that because my cursive is terrible at this point. We don't <laughs> use it nearly as much as we used to when we were younger, and so. Um, you know what, but what they do put together is a legit note written in script that looks like it's handwritten, except neatly handwritten in such a way that you're giving somebody that same general experience of getting that handwritten note, but they actually can read it, which I don't even know if half the people (laughs) can read mine when they come. I couldn't, I wouldn't even be able to write in cursive anymore, but like, I've, I've forgotten that. I haven't done it since third you, grade. You forget to loop the certain loops or how many, yeah. how many loops does the M it have? It just all versus... kind of drags together. Yeah. <laughs> My N's or M's and vice versa and whatever. I just write R- in all caps. Rerudo. I mean, <laughs> it's like the cursive Z from Billy Madison. Who really even knows? Q's and Z's are like the most brutal, especially when you go to the capitalized ones. Because the, the only reason I know Z is because my brother's name is Zach. That's the only reason. Otherwise, it would be to be a challenge. Understood. Anyways. So ask fetch, man, you, we, we've sort of given you the, the divider there in the middle of it between fetch and ask fetch talk about ask fetch and what that does and how it's different, how it works together with the uh, fetch. I'll call it fetch proper. Fetch classic. <laughs> fetch classic. There you go. That's classic. Yeah. So that's what we've been calling it around here at the office. No. So, Everyone knows what's kind of been going on in the world with uh, AI, open AI, GPT, chat, all those sort of features out there. And I was like, there's got to be a way to take the knowledge that we have in Fetch and everything we've collected and be able to use it uh, with artificial intelligence. And so what we've created is, I, I don't know, a lot of people can go to open AI, they can do their sort of thing, but you have to do what these called prompting. And that's where you have to tell the machine what you want it to do, right? It's it's not well, as that's intelligent. Its own, that's its own language, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that's the thing. You know, when, when I speak in public, I talk about the fact that I lose about, you know, several hours a day down the chat GPT rabbit hole and people sort of chuckle about it. I think they're under the impression that I'm just in there playing around trying to figure out, you know, what it knows, what it can tell me or whatever. That's not the case. You like... Yes, it's intelligent, but it, it's only intelligent if you teach it to do exactly what you want it to do. And that requires a lot of interaction with the the technology so that it can learn it. Correct. And so we have built what's called Ask Fetch, and it's it's on the it's using OpenAI's API. I, you know, I'm not gonna I didn't create it myself, but we're creating our own machine learning on top of it. And what that is, is we're, we're teaching it the prompts, like if you're an underwriter, if you're an insurance professional, if you're HR, we're teaching when you ask it questions that it knows how to respond to you based on that. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to be able to take, so you know we have hundreds of underwriting guidelines, manuals, we have all that data inside of Fetch. We have tens of thousands of filter information. And so we want to learn, we want to teach AI on top of open AI, everything about insurance that it doesn't know. And that's like underwriting guidelines and information about carriers. So you can go on there and you can ask it a simple question. It'll be like, yeah, citizens insurance would probably write it or, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it it can't really write it for you or it can't really give you the underwriting information. So 
with that said, we actually figured out a way. It's 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 complicated because you have to be able to copy or grab all the information off of a PDF, dump it into the open AI, then be able to prompt it to talk to it and be, you need to respond to me as an underwriter and look at the information we have here and spit it back out. And so that's what we've done. So hmm. right now you can go in there, you can upload as PDFs, so a QRG, a quick reference guide, an appetite for commercial, um, an employee handbook. Uh, I uploaded a 47-page employee handbook, and I asked it. I said, I am, I am romantically in love with another employee in the office. Is that okay? <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> Is that bad? And it gave me a whole thing that says, yes, you are. But if that person isn't interested in you, you need to leave them alone, right? So, <laughs> So it was able to read and give me the rules. So I even said, am I up? I said, I've been working here for three years. I just made an example. I'm working here for three years. What are my PTO? It says, based on your three years, you'll receive 15 days every year. And it gave me all that information without me having to read through a 47 page document to find it. Hmm. Right. So, so, but I taught it to be HR. I taught it to be, you you have to be HR, right? You have to talk to me like that. Then I Is this going to make millennials lazier than they already are? That's the question. No, I think it's going to help people be more inquisitive and not just second guess it. People yeah. are not going to be able to read anymore. <laughs> well, you still have to read what the machine says, right? <laughs> no, because it's going to start talking to you. Eventually, it's going to be all yes. voice stuff. It's going to be it's going to be like you use Siri and it's going to respond to you. Yeah, but no, I mean, I'll give you an example to, to, to prove Trace's point. I was working on something this morning and I went in and I was messing around at ChatGPT. And I um, I asked it what the replacement cost was for a non-combustible building in Hillsborough County. And as is typically the case, you know, with chat GPT, the first thing it came back and said was, well, I'm not a I'm not in the construction or, you know, it's a whatever the standard line is, is a um, open AI language model or something like that. I'm not qualified or I'm not able to or whatever. So then immediately went back and said, answer the question as if you're a builder in Hillsborough County who specializes in building non-combustible buildings. And then it came back and it gave me like a price range. I went back in again and said, answer the question as if you're an expert, you know, builder, blah. And then it came back and gave me five paragraphs with all kinds of pricing information and everything else. And I mean, I think that's the thing. There's a couple of things about the AI itself that's dangerous Number one is that the fact that it could just spit out an answer and give you a range and people stop there. And maybe, maybe the range isn't going to be the biggest issue, but you know, people don't understand that if you don't go back and push it and or tell it to respond as something else or whatever, then you're not going to actually get the information you need. But the other thing that makes it really dangerous is the fact that mm. the you know, Chat GPT quit learning back in what 21 or something like yep, that. 2021. So, so there's a gap between today and and what ChatGPT really knows. Now, understand that at some point that gap will be closed, but we need to keep that in mind, you know, when we're going in and trying to find things about current events or whatever else, you may not be able to get the information you're looking for from it just because it quit learning, you know, way back when. Well, and so what we're going to actually do is we're actually going to take all those 100,000 articles and we're going to train it on top of that from yeah. IDN, from Insurance Daily News. So it'll have more, our system will have more information than the actual open AI because we're going to teach it that on top. 
So that's kind of one of those things because it only goes back to, or goes to 2021. Yeah, for sure. So who does all this? Like you have a team of developers you're working with or what? Yeah. You know, we're, we're a hardworking small company. That's hopefully going to be very big one day. So sometimes you just work late and figure it out. Right. I mean, you got to put the grind in just like anything. Yeah. I mean, are you still involved with the agency day to day or not as much? Not as much no. No, just this is my baby, right? This is what I want to get out there. This is, I want to help other agents. And, and part of Ask Fetch is it can work anywhere, right? Fetch itself is very regional to Florida and and some other states, but Ask Fetch is available to anybody that wants to upload an insurance document, right? So if you want to be able to upload your QRG or your appetite guidelines and ask it information, I asked it the other day, I said, I had it look at one of the QRGs and I said, I have a really picky client that wants to go with this carrier can you help me write an email to highlight the benefits of this information? And it spit out dear client and gave me all these nice little bullet points. It told them hmm. that it's just, it's just so cool that you can, it, you can do it. It's just, it's nice when the system just does it for you. Right. And it helps you kind of move on with your day. And so I wanted crazy, to be able man. to, yeah, but you can't really do that in open AI. You have to have all these other components to work with it. So, um, you know, we even uploaded a policy, a client's policy. And I said, tell me about the credits. And it said, it showed me the win credits and the savings of $9,000 showed me alarm credits, saving to $200. And then, and then it says there's two credits missing. And so now you can kind of upload your own information and ask it questions. And you can kind of analyze the document without ever having to read it because you know, those policy jackets and all that data, the deck page and information, it's different for almost every carrier sometimes. And it's hard to find it. If you want to even want to spend for time sure. looking for it, scrolling through, yeah, they're they're definitely different, and some of them are sixty pages, and some of them are one hundred and sixty pages. Mm-hmm. They're not in the same spot. Some people put it at the back, the front. So, I agree with that for sure. I mean, spend some time scrolling through, mm-hmm. <laughs> scrolling through, especially since I don't have my tall monitor anymore. I got it on the on the little sideways guy. It takes longer. Yeah, so we wanted to be able to not just do QRGs or manuals, but appetites commercial information, be able to analyze that sort of stuff. But we actually figured out a way, a prompting system that now we can give it as many features as you want. So we're actually using on the back end of Fetch and agents can use it too, is we give it the prompt to say, hey, we want you to take this QRG and this manual, and we want you to turn it into a table, like an Excel spreadsheet. And this is what I want at the top. And these are the answers I want at the bottom. It scans through all that information and populates into Excel spreadsheet. You click copy and you paste it in your Excel spreadsheet at, at your office if you want. And you can build your own almost mm. database on your own. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really, really good tool. Like, I'll give you an example. I mean, understanding that it wasn't, um, you know, that it stopped learning a couple of years ago. I don't think strategies necessarily change, but I, I did a presentation in Illinois for navigating the hard market. And one of those, one of the portions of that presentation was a panel. Uh, I had a panel that had um, an agents. It had a couple of agency principals on it. It had a wholesaler. It had a underwriter from the care or a marketing person. It had somebody from the wholesale side, the carrier side, a couple of agencies. Okay. And so I'm thinking to myself, what in the world am I going to ask these people and actually be able to stay on topic? So I went into ChatGPT, basically said, I'm conducting a panel on the hard insurance marketplace in 2023. The members of the panel are, you know, went through and and talked about what their role was and everything. 
please provide a list of questions to ask that will keep the audience engaged, blah, 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 blah. It took me longer to type the prompt in than it did for <laughs> it to generate the response, man. But it was an instantaneous response. I sent it over to the event organizer at Big Eye, Illinois. And I was like, what better way to, to follow up? Because I went for the first part of the day, I went on um, tools for the modern producer. And then the segue was into you know, how to navigate the hard market or whatever. And I said, what, what a great way to talk about tools for the modern producer in a hard <laughs> market than to use chat GPT to create these panel questions. And I sent it over and she's like, you got to be kidding me. I can't imagine. I can't believe that's where you got this from. That's wild, that's awesome. man. You know, you said that for, was when you were just up there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. When I was up there a couple of weeks ago and what's crazier yeah. is, so that was for the panel portion of it, but you know, for them and Keystone, both I, um, I put in the topic that I was going to talk about. And I said, what are the bullet points that I should cover on this? And I said, uh, give me a script speaking as if you're an expert on this topic, blah, 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 blah. And then it rattles, just gives me this massive script of what I should cover in the presentation. And then I dialed it back and said, take this script and give me the bullet points needed to put in, uh, create a PowerPoint presentation. And it gave it to me. And literally I flipped it over to the, uh, to one of the virtual professionals that we use and said, do me a favor, you know, put this into the template. And I gave him the PowerPoint template that we have with our branding on it. Please put this into the template and format it with transitions so that we can, I, I can use it when I speak and they sent it back and it was absolutely perfect, man. So like I'm looking at all the different things that we deal with on a regular basis, you know, and how much opportunity we have to free up our time and our day just through being open to using software and new technologies and stuff. And it blows my mind. You know, my biggest issue is I have a hard time figuring out what I'm going to get off my plate. And I shouldn't because at this point it's limitless. Like you can literally do about anything. It's crazy stuff, man. It, it, it's like it, <laughs> kind of hard to wrap your head around it a little bit, at least for me, because I'm not that smart. Well, right? yeah. Ahead, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like when Google first came out, right? Everyone was scared of Google, right? Oh, wait, I type this and I get all these answers and these are the websites. Like it's it's kind of a new Google. And so that's yeah. part of the reason I built AskFetch is because I didn't want it. It's scary to go to open AI. Do you know what I mean? Like there's playgrounds, there's so many other things to click and, and do. Like you have to kind of really teach yourself how to talk to it. And I wanted to make it easier so any insurance agent could do it. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool stuff, man. Not being scared of the technology, you know. I mean, I even put in there. I had to look at a at a manual, uh, a small boat manual, twenty seven pages, and I said, "Will you write a twenty seven foot foot boat in the Bahamas?" And it said, "Yes, we will write a twenty seven foot in the Bahamas." And then it gave me all the requirements that it has to fit inside the Bahamas. Hmm. Like you can only have it there for so many days. It can only be you can only go as far south as five miles off the tip. You know, so. Hmm. It did all that underwriting and kind of even gave me more. I did the same with a home and it kind of gave me these reasons on, yes, the roof's not going to fit. You're going to, you possibly will have to replace it. And then you'll need a four point and you'll need this. And here's our payments. And here's the type of payments we take. And it gives us all that in a nice little screenshot. And they actually bullet point it really nice and they make it look clean. Nice. So what, I mean, what's coming next? Like what's, what's next steps with it? Well, next up, well, we're launching the beta version, um, which is part of the reason I'm on here because I wanted mm -hmm. to get that out to people, get in there and try it out. Please sign up. You know, it's free right now. We're letting agents get in there, upload your PDFs, any type of document, ask it questions. And sometimes you have to ask it a, a 
sometimes you have to reword the question, right? I have the same, we have the same problem with underwriters. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You call an actual underwriter on the phone, you get one answer, you pick up the phone and call again and you say it a different way and you get a different answer. So uh, GPT is pretty similar in that same way. And in Ask Fetch, you know, sometimes simpler is better, sometimes more details better, depending on what type of information you're trying to get out of the system. Cool. So what do they need to do, man? Talk a little bit about the beta and how that's going to work. Yeah, just go to askfetch.com and there you can sign up for the beta. Um, it'll put you in a in in line uh, to sign up because we can't just bring everybody in immediately because it could it, it's just too much for once for the system. So um, if you go ahead and sign up, we will get we'll send you an announcement and let you know, and we'll uh, let you let you try it out and hang on and you know upload QRGs, manuals, uh, employee handbook, uh, any type of document you have in the office that you kind of dread having to look at. <laughs> and you just want to ask it questions and it can figure it out. It can even give you an overview of the whole document if you want. You can you can have it spit out the policy type, the carrier, the, the, the state, and put it into a nice table or a nice Excel spreadsheet and be able to populate that out. And eventually we're going to be able to add uh, Excel spreadsheets yourself. So if you do have that Excel spreadsheet of data or Word documents or other types of forms of media that you like a website link or uh, an address, we'll be able to put that in and you'll be able to do some work on it right inside. But it keeps you in that silo of insurance. It keeps you in that box. So the system won't, if you ask the system something about the Super Bowl, it'll say, I'm sorry, I'm an insurance professional. I don't know anything about the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. it, it, yeah, and we wanted to make it so that way agency owners and stuff weren't too worried that they'd just be going crazy and going down the, that they would kind of stick within the insurance world. Yeah, that's a good point. And then we're going to tie it to Insurance Daily News and to Fetch itself. So you'll be able to do a lot of that work with those other documents. And I, I didn't know 40 years ago, building those databases were going to be possibly so valuable, but now we're able to add that onto, uh, on top of the OpenAI GPT. And now we can kind of start building our own machine. Uh, that's well, that's helpful. the thing about databases, man. It sucks when you're building them and you don't realize, but I mean, we deal with the same thing in Killing Commercial because we have a forum that we can um, have conversations in. We've got the activity feed just like a normal social network, but we also have what we call the virtual war room where you can go in and there's different portals established by topic. And then you can go in and have a conversation there. And that's the whole thing. You know, it's like herding cats sometimes, but getting agents trained to realize that, you know, don't go to the activity feed to initiate a question, because if you do, not going to push it to the portal. But if you go to the portal and initiate the question, like if I've got a question on a specific carrier, we have a carrier's portal with sub discussions on all of the different carriers and that kind of stuff. If you initiate your stuff there in the right place, it forces it to the news feed. Everybody else can interact with it. And all of those interactions are captured in the portal. But when you initiate the question in the wrong spot, it's <laughs> not going into the portal. And the, the the value in what we're doing by having that portal is having that database being built in real time of all of the different questions and, and answers uh, revolving around what people are discussing that can be referred to for years to come. It's not something that's just going to be oh, well, I scrolled back and I could only tolerate scrolling back for three months. I got tired of looking for it. No, you know right where to go. So even if you can't go, even if you can't find it initially in that portal, it's still going to get triggered by search and everything else. And it's just a cleaner way of doing it, man. But 
you know, building databases is just not how my brain is wired. You know, <laughs> that, that type of logic, um, and how you have to think to build that. It's just not, so, that's not one of my strong suits. I don't know that it ever will be. It's just not how I'm wired. Same. Sure. <laughs> I'm probably a little bit of the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's what I've done. I mean, that's what this is. That's what all this is, is, is information and how are you going to turn it around and make it worth something? And I, Dave, there's probably stuff you could do with chat GPT with, with that database too. You know, you can, you can probably extrapolate as much as you can dump it into the system and say, Hey, what are the top five hot points in this group, yeah. you know, for the past year? And it'll spit out and it'll give you some, like, here's some things to think about. Here's some things to do. I mean, it, it's out there. So no, absolutely, man. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, and I, you know, who knows where things head with this, but I've I'm on record and I'll be on record again and I'll continue to be on record, but I do feel like this whole chat GPT open AI technology is probably the single largest technology that any of us have experienced in our lifetimes outside of the internet itself coming into play. Mm -hmm. Like it's, this changes everything so dramatically. And it's, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I don't trace you're closer to my age, certainly than what Kyle is, but I remember when the internet came, like it's the same, the same naysayers that were griping about the internet are saying the same types of things about chat GPT. And the fact of the matter is, you know, this stuff is not going to replace human beings that are needed in the role that they're in. What it's going to do is it's going to streamline, make things more efficient. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And help people focus on other things inside of their operations. Now yeah. I would be concerned if, you know, if I'm a lower level data entry type person, I would be concerned about robotic automation and things like that, because it is going to replace you. It is going to be able to do your job likely more accurately and more cost effectively for employers, which means now people are going to have to focus on, you know, getting better uh, educations if they want to go into the white collar world or quite frankly, Maybe this is what it's going to take to divide people between who wants to push forward and go the, the the traditional college route versus saying, you know what, I don't need to deal with all this BS. I really have always just wanted to be a plumber or an electrician or an HVAC person, and I'm going to go to school and do that and go to trade school and be the best at that I can possibly be. I don't know. I think we win in that scenario, to be honest with you. I think that if you start forcing the envelope and getting people to go out and make themselves better with a higher education that you're going to have better talent out there on the streets. And we're not, you know, let's, I don't want this to be an unpopular opinion. It may be taken that way, but I don't mean anything by it, but then we wouldn't have to worry as much about having to outsource labor to other parts of the world too, because we've got enough talent here. And, and also I think that it's going to change and reset a little bit with regards to what, we have to pay people, you know? I mean, the wages are getting to be ridiculous for small business right now. I'm not arguing, and I'm not getting into a political diatribe on the podcast. I'm not arguing about the fact that minimum wage should not be seven bucks an hour or whatever it was before. I remember when I worked for three, you know, minimum wage was 335 an hour when I first started. So I get it. Minimum wage is, has never been enough. Like it, it just isn't, but we have to be able to, find efficiencies across all kinds of stuff, you know, in order to bring, to make living more economical. And I think technology helps us more than it hurts us in that role. It's going to put people out of work. There's no doubt, not everybody, but 
you know, I think that when you force people to to invest in themselves, that crazy things happen. And you're going to find out that, you know, this is probably no different. Well, Dave, I've had marketing reps actually come up to me many a times, multiple. Well, I'm going to go out of business. I'm going to go out. I'm not going to have a job anymore because of what Fetch does. And I said, well, what, what do you mean? And they're like, well, I go around to the Is offices. taking and ex- people out to expensive dinners? I mean. Well, and that's the, that, <laughs> no, that's the, no, I wish, right? Yeah, uh, no. Um, what they were saying was, well, I go around to the offices and I explain all the coverages and the underwriting information. So what am I going to do now? I said, well, it's built on a relationship business, right? That's what insurance is. You're supposed to be the relation. You c- come talk to us, have actual yeah, conversations. You, you use the information that you're <laughs> pulling from this and then go have the conversation with people. Correct. So it's just kind of interesting, you know, and, and, and speaking of a minimum wage, I think I read somewhere that like the first automated McDonald's just came out where it doesn't have any employees. It's all automated. That damn ice cream machine's still broken. Yeah. It's always going to be broken. Even. <laughs> oh man. So. Absolutely. Well, listen, man, what have we missed before we wrap up? Anything else you want to make sure we get out to everybody before they go rush and try and sign up for your beta and break the internet? <laughs> I hope they do. That'll be awesome. No, I hope they, I hope it works the way it's worked so well for us uh, internally and us testing it out. And I hope we get some good feedback because the better the feedback is, the stronger we can make that machine to be better and better. And eventually it will become an insurance, an insurance professional of sorts, right? Uh, the, the go-to of information of insurance. I think that would be really cool, man. You could build the first AI generated insurance professional. And I, it, it's crazy. I mean, you, you know, too, uh, just giving it information and asking it to turn it into something could be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, people, we're going to wrap up in respect to staying on schedule. We got several more podcasts to record today. You've heard about Fetch. You've heard about the Insurance Daily News. You've heard about Ask Fetch. You know, there's a beta that he's actively getting ready to open and try and fill. Rush on over there. Trace, where do they go to do it? Did you give them Ask, the website? Yeah, askfetch.com, A-S-K-F-E-T-C-H.com, all one word. Askfetch.com is there ready and waiting for you. Let's make it happen, people. Bury this guy and let's get some information in there and make that thing as smart as we can. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next time. See ya. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.